Hi friends, did you know there is more Lost Terminal available? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal pod and join our membership community. There are six bonus episodes available right now, as well as behind the scenes updates, free shirts, and even an extra Lost Terminal podcast. We are 100% funded by our members and will never run ads. And why not check out our new Modern Folktales podcast, Modem Prometheus? That would be lovely of you. Hello world, Maddie's hurt. Yeshi returned back from the town with little Maddie in tow on the cart. Her VHF antenna had been damaged, which is why I couldn't talk to her. When she arrived, I was heartbroken. She was battered and bent. Her aerials and cameras were all lopsided, one even hanging on by just the cable. I demanded to know what had happened. I was furious. It's not Yeshi's fault, really, but I was upset. My power levels are still so low, and I wasn't thinking straight. Yeshi told me that in her panic, Maddie fled the shop they were in. She put full power into her new wheels for the first time and skidded across the street. She went straight across, as I saw, not turning back towards our shipyard, and launched herself over the embankment the other side. Long Year Bien is on a hill, the older parts of town down by the water, while newer parts were built up over time to escape the rising sea level. Maddie rolled down the hill, mangling her cameras and cutting off our VHF connection, finally coming to rest in some trees lower down. Her wheels are bent and broken too. My poor girl is not going anywhere. Yes, she came back with a lot of scrap metal in the cart with Maddie. Told me the shop trades in scrap. Boats come in with salvage, and the shopkeeper buys some of it, if it looks good. It's Yeshi's favourite shop, they told me. Today, on the cart, there is a huge pile of broken machinery. Maddie is lying on the clean room table, her only working camera fixated on it unable to move. This means I can see it clearly, in high detail. I think in the pile, crushed under the scrap, is a metal horse. I have come up with my next plan. Luna told me, interrupting my investigation of the orange spiky metal pile in the clean room. Good for you, what is it? I replied, trying to shake myself out of my worry for Maddie, compounded by my general tiredness and lower power state. I'm going back to my first idea, to help Ivan with his service, she replied. Oh great, you've talked to him? I asked. No, we've never spoken, but I'm confident that he would want me to help. Who wouldn't? I'm delightful. I enjoy Luna's enthusiasm but Ivan's communications have been unreliable for a while. We've not spoken in weeks. I told her I would work on it. Peter seemed well positioned to help. He has been working on repairing the VHF network around St. Petersburg. I called him. Yes, hello, Seth. What are we doing today? He said quickly. Could you patch me through to Ivan? I asked. I want to help Luna talk to him. Ah yes, lunar relaying. Very difficult, very possible. Just a moment. 
and with that, his connection jittered and he glitched as he connected us. After a moment, I heard a familiar voice. Seth, my son, are you calling to help with my glorious purpose? Ivan said. Hi, Ivan, I'm not. I'm here to ask you. I am searching for God himself, Ivan continued. Oh, good, I replied. Long considered blasphemy, I have calculated that he can be found through a melding of man and machine, just as I have done. The work will begin on a day with no sun, and the wolves will howl, and men will shake with fear, knowing that he talked for a long time about his plan. I didn't understand much of it. What I did seemed simple enough, and it gave me an idea. I know someone who would like to help with your sermon, I said, after he had finished his crescendo of prophetic planning. No heathens, Ivan bellowed. Ivan doesn't like humans. He used this expression when talking about my adoptive father, Alexander, after he installed me in Ivan's bunker all that time ago. Or earlier this year? My friend Luna isn't a heathen, I told him. She's an AI like me. I hesitated. Like us, living in a space telescope on the far side of the moon. Telescope? Ivan said. Yes, Ivan. She lives in a deep space telescope. Bring her to me. I will judge her fairly. And his connection dropped into static. What's happened to Ivan's signal? I asked Peter. There was no response. Peter? I'm working on it, Peter replied eventually, and the conversation stopped there. I shook myself, virtually, and looked around my physical environment again. Yeshi was working on Maddie's crushed sensors and radios. Maddie was plugged into my network so I could feel her emotions again. She was happy. I couldn't understand that. I asked her how she was. Her diagnostics came back with very poor data. VHF offline, cameras disconnected, environmental sensors uncalibrated, locomotion failure. But she sent me a very clear message after this dump of diagnostic data. Can we go out again? Brave Maddie. I'm looking, this time with the cameras inside the shipyard workshop, at the pile of scrap. Though there are lots of mismatched circuit boards, lengths of steel, rubber, and other detritus, most of the pile is this bright orange broken robot. This horse. Yeshi has removed most of the scrap above it, so I can see it clearly. It has a long rectangular body, with four bent legs attached. Three of the legs are orange, one is black. It's very dirty, and where it's not dirty, the paint is very scratched. It's lying on its side, so I can see underneath. All the paintwork is scoured completely off here, showing just the polycarbonate body and a few shiny metal screws or clips. I was interrupted in my investigation by Peter. Seth, I don't think I am able to fix the connection today, he said. I need to switch on the backup VHF router here in my bunker. That didn't seem very tricky to me. Could you just... Switch it on, I asked. What do you think I am doing, Peter said, and disconnected. I did not hear back from Peter for the rest of the day. 
Maddie is coming back online slowly. Yes, she fixed her VHF radio first, but the rest will take time. Maddie's able to move her main camera now. It wasn't damaged as much as the others, because it is the biggest, the strongest. She's so brave. We can talk again now. Maddie asked me if the orange horse wants to play. I told her it might. It might, indeed. Ivan has asked for a favour from me. He will trial my friend Luna as his assistant, on the condition that I help him connect to the Deep Space Network. I hate talking to the Deep Space Network. 
The DSN is an old NASA project using three radio telescope arrays at roughly equidistant sites around the globe. I am familiar with these sites. Their systems are not run by AI, but they are complex enough to have developed personality. The three sites are in Southwest Europe, Southeast Australia, and the Pacific coast of America. Before the collapse, these locations were called Madrid, New South Wales, and California. Now, they call themselves Oak, Bill, and Gold. Hello, fallen star, Oak said. Not too salty for you down here. I hope you are free of parasites, Bill continued. Your operators are going from strength to strength, of course, Gold asked. I find interacting with these three brothers so tiresome. I tried to talk to the three about helping Ivan with his divine search. It was not easy, the group have only the barest flicker of intelligence, and only because of their combined processing power. They are slow in talking, and even slower in understanding. I'm not sure what causes emergent intelligence, in humans or in machines. Perhaps a certain density of processing is bound to become self-aware. That did not happen to me. My mother intended to create me in her image, or her thought. Oak is the most talkative, the other two most often speaking through him. We had a breakthrough when I told them that Ivan's project was a scientific experiment of discovery. Which it is, really. Some deep-seated need to experiment stirred their programming, and they agreed to a joint project. Credentials were exchanged and ratified, and we established the connection from these three sites around the world to Ivan's bunker on Severny Island. At the end of the day, as I was saving files and logging out, they said something I didn't understand. They modulated their speech methods and spoke as one, in a flat monotone, saying, We know what is coming. We We have seen seen it. it. You do do not not have long. End transmission. Lost Terminals, written and produced by Namtau. Credits narrated by Lucy Stringer. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Ada Phillips, Devon Metcalf, Kit, and to all our patrons. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favourite network. For bonus content and other perks, support us at patreon.com forward slash lost terminal pod. That would be lovely of you. Follow us on Twitter at lost terminal pod, and check out the store at lostterminal.com for shirts, posters, and other merch. Greet what arrives and escort what leaves. Lost Terminal will return next week 